Welcome to Golden Point Sports, your number one sports talk podcast. Now for your host, two guys who are killing the dad bod book, living out their faith, and talking sports, Robert Foster and Brad Winter. On today's episode, Brad and I are going to start the off-season talk for the NFL. We're going to start with the NFC South because it's the, you know, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champions in that one, and then also the AFC South because, you know, if we keep it geographically, then that means it, it's just easier for us, okay? We're, we're simple people. we got to keep it with simple you know, simple, simple ways and, and whatnot like that. But either way. All right, Brad, first and foremost, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Uh, you know, I've uh, been at work, been pretty busy. It's been a, uh, somewhat of a crazy week, but good. So how are you doing? Good, pretty good. I, it's, it's really weird, Brad. Last week when we were recording, uh, it was snowing. Uh, we were like in the middle of a blizzard, basically. And mm-hmm. we already had about four inches of snow on the ground. Now it's uh, in the 60s, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm wearing, uh, I don't know, uh, short sleeves and khakis, Brad. That's, uh, that's crazy, right? Yeah. But anyways, good old Tennessee weather. <laughs> right. Um, all right, Brad. So, yes, we're going to start our off-season talk. Uh, we're going to give you one off-season move that we think each team needs to make. Uh, should be fun. We'll start with the NFC South and the AFC South, and go from there. We'll keep you guessing on where we're going to go next. But either way, come back next week and you'll find it out, of course. But that is what it is. All right, Brad. First, it's Tiger Woods. Uh, we, you know, we just kind of want to, you know, we, we Tiger Woods, he's in stable condition uh, after a horrific car crash that uh, left him with fractures in both legs and a shattered ankle. Um, now, Tiger, he came back from major back surgery, Brad. And, uh, you know, he's, he's you know, he, I don't know, though. I mean, at, what, 45 years old? I'm not saying that this could be a career ender, but I mean, there, I mean, this could possibly be a career ender, but obviously we hope the best for him and we don't have to talk about that right now. Um, that that's something that we can talk about later on. Um, I mean, Alex Smith came back. So I think anything's possible, right? Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Either yeah. way. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. Right. I mean, I think that uh, obviously we can just only hope that he's able to get back uh, to the golf course someday. Uh, and uh, I think I think he I think he can I and I believe he will. Uh, but our thoughts and prayers go out to him for a speedy recovery. Um, now we don't know how all the details of the crash, so I don't want to speculate on anything. But uh, no matter what reasoning for the crash, it may have been or may come out because I know there's tons of rumors out there. Um, still, nonetheless, we wish him a speedy. Yeah, so I read I read an article right before we got on, and it says there's no there's no uh, signs of uh, of uh, I'm blanking on the name, but oh impairment. There's no signs of impairment, and it looks like he just over he went he was going a little faster than usual uh, than he needed to be, and he overcorrected himself, and that's how he went out off the the uh, the out the, off the railing onto the side of the hill. So. Well, obviously, I, I guess obviously with his past, there's so many rumors that go around, Brad. I mean, you know, I, I, and and but honestly, I, I think he's look. I accidents happen. I mean, I I've been in I've been in car accidents, Brad. You've been in any car accidents. Um, you know, I I and I, I've known plenty of people who've been in car accidents. I've known people who passed away from being in car accidents. Um, who tragically passed away from being in car accidents. And most of the time, it's it literally is that an accident. 
Um, now, sometimes there is some impairment to that, uh, and, and that's not okay. You know, like you definitely shouldn't uh, – don't drink and drive. Don't text and drive. Uh, you know, what in all the, all the safety precautions, buckle up, you know, all that good stuff. But either way, again, we wish Tiger a speedy recovery. All right, Brad, let's talk a little NASCAR. Brad, he takes a 3-0 lead as his pick of Joey Logano finished second. So that's a top five finish. He gets three points uh, in the Daytona road race, Brad. Uh, my pick of Chase Elliott, while he led the majority of the race, uh, didn't do so well in the end. I think he finished 21st. Uh, Christopher Bale actually won his first series victory. Brad, between Bale and uh, Michael McDowell, we've had some uh, out-of-nowhere winners so far this year. Hey, that's – I don't know if that's a good or bad thing for NASCAR. Maybe maybe that's maybe that's a good thing, you know. It's uh, give the little guy a chance, I guess. Um, they only have really about five or six drivers, honestly, Brad, that like like you, you think can win every single race. So it's kind of nice to see guys who aren't really names – go out and win that that's kind of nice um but nascar is one of those sports to where that can where that can really happen um all right but anyways so but because of the fact that it's been two uh, guys out of nowhere that may need to play a part in our picks the dixie vodka race at homestead this weekend obviously we are not a uh, sponsor of that race that's for sure but that's beside the point um but anyways so that is at homestead this weekend brad who do you got in this nice. weekend yeah, so I did some research because obviously if you listen to Pit Past uh, episodes, I, I'm just not a NASCAR guy. Uh, I mean, I'm up 3-0. I mean, I mean you're, you're up 3-0 on me. Hey, I mean, I'm, just going on. With the, I'm just going on the theme of uh, unexpected people winning, you know what I mean? So, uh, but anyway, uh, I'm actually going to pick Ryan Blaney this weekend. Look, I, I did some research. Uh, he hasn't finished worse than seventh in his last four one-and-a-half-mile courses. Uh he also uh, led 70 laps last year, so or 70 laps in last year's race. Um, he's had some of a sluggish start, but uh, I think he gets the victory here for me. And if you want, or you're going to Ryan Blaney, I do have another pick, uh, backup pick. If you want Ryan Blaney, I can switch. But uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Ryan Blaney here. I like that you went with Ryan Blaney. I do because that does show you've done some research up for sure. I was, I, I had Ryan Blaney as my second option, actually. Man. Okay. Okay. My second option because you would take my first option and that is Mr. Denny Hamlin. I'm going yeah, with Denny Hamlin. Um, I, I think so. Yeah, we're, we're right there. Um, and, and so, yeah, I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin here. I think he's a little safer of a choice, um, but not because of, because I think he, obviously I'm picking him to win the race, but also, I'm picking him to, to you know, give me some points here. I mean, I thought for sure Chase Elliott would give me some points. I mean, you don't pick Chase Elliott and he not get you points. So, uh, that that just – that did not end well for me there. Um, but that's okay. That's all right. So, anyways, so Brad is going with Ryan Blaney, and I'm going with Denny Hamlin again. First place, if they win first place, it's five points. Top five is three points, and top ten is one point. We'll see. We'll see what happens, Brad. It should be uh, should be fun. All right, Brad, let's our next topic is Carson Wentz. He was traded to the Colts. All right, so first of all, I want your thoughts on this, but also on a scale of 1 to 10, confidence level, and Wentz returning to, to be able to play like he did under Frank Wright before. Yeah, no, I get it. Um, yeah, I, I thought about that a little bit, and, and I, I honestly, I think it's a good a good move for the Colts. And I know Carson Wentz, he led the league in turnovers last year. Uh, interception is thrown. Uh, I know he's had kind of a rocky career with Philadelphia, but 
I mean, I think he finally has probably the best offensive line uh, that he's had his whole career, except for maybe that season to right. Um, but then also he has a great D where the, the Eagles defense, I mean, you gotta think even last year, their defense was just not very good. Uh, he has a good plethora of running backs, which I mean, yeah, he had Miles Sanders, uh, Corey Clement, but I mean, and nothing on Miles Sanders. I like Miles Sanders a lot. He's a Penn state alum. Um, but I mean, again, he dealt with injuries and whatnot. And so I think having Jonathan Taylor, having, uh, Naheem, Naheem Hines, and uh, and Wilkins, I mean, I think they did well last year as a three-headed running back system. Uh, I think it's going to be good that he can lean on that if he needs to and be confident in it. And then I think just like a lot of other people do, uh, I think this could be a very similar Ryan Tannehill situation. Uh, I think, you know, this could be a resurgence for him. Uh, you got to think the last time Wright uh, coached him, he was 11-2 and two and on pace to win the MVP before that injury against the Rams that year. And so – Honestly, I think it's good. Uh, confidence level is going to be at a six and only because of the injuries. So um, I think if he didn't have that checkered pass with the injuries, uh, I'd probably put him at probably like an eight or nine here with my confidence. But because not knowing uh, how, how injuries are going to affect his play, I'll give him a six going into the season. Brad, I like that. Um, I like that. Um, I, I, I like that confidence level. I'm actually around a six as well. Um, and, and my thing is um, not because he's with his former coach or, well, former offensive coordinator, um, but also because I, I feel like the Colts, um, you know, good offensive line. Obviously, they need a, a left tackle now uh, because Casanzo retired. But, um, you know, they have a great defense, too, a defense that could only that can only get better, really. Uh, well, I guess cannot. I mean, they're already good, so I guess they can't only get better. They could get worse, sure. But um, – I, I think that Wentz, I think that this is a really good situation for Carson Wentz, and I think that it's going to do wonders for him. Um, and he's also going into an AFC South, which is a division that is that is very winnable. I say that all the time. And I mean, as a Titans fan, I mean, maybe I'm kind of putting down the Titans in a way, but, I mean, I'm just being real with you. The AFC South is very winnable. And, uh, I mean, so I even think it. that the – So is NFC East, so. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, obviously, I think the AFC South is better than the NFC East, but – um, but I mean, I even think the Jaguars have a. I think that they have a chance to win the AFC South. Don't now, granted, don't do. I'm not in no way uh, saying that they will. Um, but well, you know that that's for another time. That's obviously uh, back at what we don't we don't say that until like August, right? Into July, August or whatnot. But um, but yeah, Brad, I, I think that this is a good situation, and I want to give him. You know what? I'm going to give him a seven. I, I think that this is good I, because I think mentally that this is good because he got away from Philly. Uh, and mentally, I think that this is a good – yeah. Um, by the way, Brad, too, uh, just to kind of get into a little fantasy talk here, does does Carson Wentz – obviously Carson Wentz going to the going to the Colts and away from the Eagles, that puts Jalen Hurts, even if he hey, – I know he's not considered the starter already, but – and they may bring in some competition. But um, does – does how far does Carson Wentz – do you think that – do you think that people – Carson Wentz a couple of years ago finished like third. Uh, he was like the third ranked fantasy quarterback. I mean, is there like how confident are you in Carson Wentz? Uh, I, I think he's a buy low candidate too. If you you know if you're in a dynasty league. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I definitely would agree with that buy low candidate. I was going to even say he's a sleep. He'll be a sleeper going in 2021. I mean, I think there's potential, and that's what sleepers are. There's potential upside, but nothing promised. 
And I think that's what, that's going to be him going into the season is that, yes, if you really need a quarterback, I would draft him, you know, later and later if he's still around. Uh, and then that way, if he starts producing, all you got to do is switch him out uh, or, or pick him up uh, early off of waiver wires. But if you draft him, hoping for him to be a sleeper, uh, you don't have to worry about trying to fight for him on the waiver wire. So, yeah, I, as far as fantasy goes, I, I think he has upside. But, again, uh, I think a sleeper just because, again, injuries, uh, you know, and we'll get into this later with our going over the divisions. But the Colts are – I mean, they're about to lose several key pieces on in the offensive uh, play-calling game uh, to free agency uh, if they don't stay in Minneapolis. So, uh sleeper because there's just I mean there's just a lot of unknowns going into the season with him but there is potential upside in Carson Wentz I agree I agree all right Brad it is time to start talking about the offseason for the NFL teams uh let's give each team thing that we think they have to do this offseason to do just as well or do better um as you know, I think most teams obviously could do better, but we're going to talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who, well, they won the Super Bowl. So, I mean, I guess they could win the NFC South. I guess that means they've done better. They could go undefeated. I guess that makes them do better, but they won the Super Bowl and that's all that really matters in the end. Right. So either way. All right, Brad, let's start with the NFC South and start with the Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, my one off season move that I think they have to make. And this is, it's a big offseason move, and it's kind of all together, but I just think that they have to retain as many players as possible from this year's team, Brad. What about – what says what say you? And then also the next team is New Orleans Saints, so go on into them as well. Yeah, no, I agree with you. They have a ton of free agents, and I was actually going to bring that up with the linebacker position. I mean, Levante David and Shaquille Barrett are both linebackers that are in the free agency going into the offseason. Uh, Ndamukong Sue, he's also going in there as a free agent. Yes, he's older – uh, not where he was when he first came in the league, but uh, was still pretty beneficial for this defense going into that Super Bowl. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, but then you, then again, you have Leonard Fournette. You know, do they give a contract worthy of Chris Godwin? I mean, there's Rob Gronkowski. Does he come back? Do we know anything about AB? I mean, there's so many questions with this team. Uh, I totally. I mean, like I said, I'm gonna put on. I'm gonna say linebackers uh, and defensive ends when it comes to free agents. But I agree with you. There's there's so many free agents. They just got to figure out how to retain. What about the New Orleans Saints for you, Brian? Yeah, I'm actually going to say wide receiver, and this is why. I mean, Michael Thomas, is he great? Yes. He had injuries last year, and just like just as you saw with his injuries, even with Drew Brees in there, uh, and we don't – again, we don't know. I mean, there's speculation that he, Drew Brees is retiring. I mean, it's pretty strong speculation. Uh, but either way, for anybody who's playing quarterback, I mean, Michael Thomas is going to be your safety valve. Is he going to stay healthy? And if he doesn't stay healthy, I mean – Emmanuel Sanders might be a cap casualty. Uh, Cherry Pond Smith has had some some flashes, but but nothing consistent. And and then you have Kamara, who really is a running back, um, and he's he's great. I mean, when he has the ball in his hand, he's great. But um, you need some more receivers to have have the deep threat available. Um, and so I would say a receiver only because I don't feel like there's a true consistent option after Michael Thomas in the in the receiver section. Um, I, I like that. I like that, Brad. All right. So for me with the New Orleans Saints, um, honestly, I think that they just have to, they have to figure out their cap situation. All right. I, I think yeah, that's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to help some, but I, I don't want that to really be a, 
a, a move. I mean, because I think there's a lot of teams. Now, the Saints just seem to happen to be the, the worst of, of all those teams. But um, I think the quarterback situation, Brad, I mean, because you've got to figure out, okay, if Breeze is not going to come back, if he's going to – then, you know, are you sticking with Taysom Hill? Are you sticking with Winston as the next guy? Or is it someone else? Because this is a team that's built – to, or this is a team that could have a a worse draft pick next because they could do better next year, right? So you're in what the I think they're picking what twenty third I think I think so. I, I, I could be wrong, yeah twenty third twenty fourth okay I I think that there could be a quarterback on the board at that time maybe a Mac Jones may I I kind of doubt Mac Jones I I you know I don't want to get too much into my mock drafts and all that but. I mean, do you possibly take a quarterback then, or are you going to go with a guy like Winston? Are you going to give him a shot? Are you going to give Taysom Hill another shot? I mean, I really felt like teams figured him out, though, um, so I think that that might not be. And maybe teams have figured out Winston, too, but um, but I think Sean Payton, I think Sean Payton could do wonders for Winston. But we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I think that they got to figure out that quarterback situation because I think that that, um, look, it, you know, it's it, it, you know dominoes. They don't start to fall until the first one falls, right? And so the quarterback situation, well, the cat situation may be the first domino to fall, but the quarterback situation is definitely like one A, one B. Yeah, um, no, so. I agree with you. And actually, that was that was an option I was going to put up there. Um, but I think with Jameis Winston getting an actual year underneath his belt in the offseason, I mean, you got to re- remember, like, anybody who came in last year, unless you're Tom Brady, uh, you know, it was a, and he was a backup, and he, you know, a lot of people doubt him. But, I mean, he really didn't know the system, and so he gets that full offseason to get to learn it. Um, and But, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, if it's not wide receiver, I would say quarterback was, would be my second position they need to fix. For sure, and I, and I don't mind the wide receiver idea either, Brad, because I think that they do need, they still need someone. Else. I mean, I mean Michael Thomas. I, I mean, but Michael Thomas, look, I mean, if Michael Thomas were to get traded, I, I don't know if I'd be surprised, Brad. Honestly, um, now maybe, maybe I'd be a little surprised, but um, they got to figure out that's how bad their cap situation is, though. So, mm-hmm. um, all right, Brad, the next team is the Carolina Panthers. For me, um, look. And I think this is honestly, I think that this is going to be a main topic for a lot of teams. But for me, for the Carolina Panthers, it's the quarterback position. And here's why: I I think Teddy Bridgewater. I think he's a good quarterback. I I you know I don't really see where the issue is. But the Carolina Panthers, I think, have made have made the quarterback position an issue. Have made Teddy Bridgewater, uh, you know, an issue. So you know, if Bridgewater isn't the answer for the Panthers. They need to try and find out and to move forward with their rebuild. Um, I think that this is a, a young team that could be that could be really good and maybe even next year. Uh, but they've got to, or this could be a team that maybe after Brady retires, you know, it could be twenty years from now. But still, um, you know that they've got to find their guy for the future. And if Trady Bridgewater's not it then they need to look. They're picking at number eight. I mean, a guy like Trey Lance is most likely going to be there. A guy like Justin Fields might be there. A guy like Matt Jones is probably for sure going to be there. Um, so if Teddy Bridgewater answer, then, I, you know, if you don't have the answer on your on your team already, then you, you got to go find it. Um, but, yeah, obviously the defense needs help too. But, um, but, yeah, just one move, though, 
find your identity. And if that's Teddy Bridgewater, okay, build around him. If it's not, then go out, find someone else. I know they're, they're deep in the Deshaun Watson conversation, but anyways, the Carolina Panthers, Brad. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I can see that as well. Um, I actually put the offensive line here. Um, they're ranked 24th. They were ranked 24th overall. Uh, and they're losing uh, Morton, uh, one of the top offensive line in, uh, in the, the National Football League. He's actually ranked 12th uh, in, in free agents going into free agency in 2021. Um, and then uh, they, they just don't have a lot of good offensive line. They couldn't really hold it up, couldn't protect Bridgewater. I mean, you watch this game, he's getting killed. Um, CMC, you know, a guy who's known to get a lot of yards, uh, getting, getting taken down in the backfield, you know, got injured. Um, yeah, and Mike Davis had a decent year, but at the same time, you got to protect your quarterback as well. Um, and their their offensive line was was pretty bad last year, so I think I think they can solidify some of that in the draft or in free agency, um, like keeping Morton and others. Um, I, I think they'll they'll improve vastly in the quarterback position if they can seal that up a little bit. I, I like that. I like that. All right, Brad. The next team is the Atlanta Falcons. How do you feel about them? Yeah, so for me, you know, and I think I mentioned this back when we talked about the coaching candidates, uh, you know, Arthur Smith, he comes in, he runs a lot of play action. Uh, he likes putting the ball in the running back's hands. Well, the problem is, is Todd Gurley and Brian Hill are free agents this year. And so, I mean, are you really going to trust Edo Smith to, uh, to get you to the next level? I, I would think not. And so, you know, do they re-sign Todd Gurley? Do they re-sign Brian Hill? I don't see them re-signing Gurley, honestly. Uh, I, I just I don't know if I see that. I can maybe see them re-signing Brian Hill, but at the same time, I mean, again, to be successful in Arthur Smith's offense, you need a good running back, and uh, they're obviously losing that. I mean, they have good receivers. They have a decent. I mean, I, Matt Ryan's still a decent quarterback. They have a pretty decent offensive line. Now they could be they could use some help in the corner cornerback and uh, even in the edge rush uh, department of things. But but running back, I think is their biggest hole. Yeah. I I agree with you there. Uh, actually, yeah, I agree with you 100% because with Arthur Smith as head coach, you know, um, he was very effective uh, with a guy like Derrick Henry. So, yeah, they need a running back that can carry the ball a lot and efficiently. And to also let Matt Ryan and the awesome receiving core that they do have uh, do their thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think that it's one of those things, Brad, where – um, you know, Arthur Smith, I don't know if he can do it without a running back, you know? So I, I don't, I don't want to say this, but can you say the Titans 2020 offense, you know, can, you know what I'm saying? Because that is, uh, if they can get a running back, that's what the Atlanta Falcons are possibly looking at. And I mean, I don't know if you can say Matt Ryan's better than Ryan Tannehill right now. Um, but he's got more experience. And he's one more. Um, could you say that Julio right. Jones and Calvin Ridley is a better duo than than AJ Brown and Kerry Davis? Of course you could. So um, yeah, if you now could you say that a rookie running back or Aaron Jones, for instance, is better than Derrick Henry? Probably not. But um, but either way, I, I think that I think that you I think that I think that Arthur Smith, if he can make that offense of the Falcons look like the 2020 Tennessee Titans offense. Um, I think he some success. And obviously the defense needs some help too, but um, I, I think that they can also address that. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right, Brad, let's move. I was going to say like Aaron Jones, James Conner. I mean, obviously Aaron Jones is better than James Conner in my opinion, but 
uh, that's really not – I mean, it's not too much of a down – I mean, Derrick Henry's good. Don't get me wrong. But it's, I don't think it's a terrible downgrade to Aaron Jones, just saying. Well, it's not too much of a downgrade, no. But, I mean, they're on different levels. I mean, we have to – you know, they are on different levels. Um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, you're right. You're right. And we'll see what happens. Obviously, if they, if they have to bring back Todd Gurley, um, then they're not going to, then they're not going to have the potential, uh, that, that the 2020 offense did either way, let's, you know, maybe we can move away from Arthur Smith and the Titans, um, after this, but ironically, the next team on our board, we're going to switch the FC South. And for the first time in, in 12 years, Brad, I can say the first team to talk about because they won their division for the first time in 12 years is the Tennessee Titans. Sorry, I'm just excited about that, Brad. Uh, it is just fun. You know, it's just excited. Anyways, the Tennessee Titans, Brad, I, I got two words for you that they need. Pass rush. That's what they need. They need a pass rush, Brad. Um, look, they had 19 sacks last year, Brad. 19 sacks. That's just ridiculous. I, I, if you don't get a pass rush, you're not going to beat a guy like Patrick Mahomes. Look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the look at the look at the Bucks last year versus the or in the last year huh, two weeks ago against the against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They had a pass rush. The Titans look their pass rush is so bad that literally I think that Patrick Mahomes could sit back there, eat a three course meal, take a nap run a 5K, and still get the ball down the field because that's how bad that pass rush is. So if you're going to beat a team like the Chiefs, the Titans have to find a pass rush. And, I, I mean, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think Jadavian Clowney and Vic Beasley are going are gonna to cut it. Um, so you're going to have to go out to get, get somebody. Um, yeah. That's for sure. But either way, yeah, the Titans, pass rush. All right, Brad, yeah. uh, talk about the Titans and then the Colts. Yeah, so I kind of laughed a little bit when you said Jadavion Clowney because you were, like, so excited. You were getting him last year. I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, he, he really isn't that great. Look, look, uh, and here's the thing about Jadavion, okay? Jadavion, no, he didn't have any sacks. And, and I'll give you this to him, all right? He was a disruptor. If they can get him for the right price, sure, bring him back for third and fourth downs, okay? Bring him back for third and fourth downs. Okay, that's cool. But, you know, you're, you can't pay $12 million to the guy – and expect him to be a starter. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously he would be if there was injuries or whatnot, but he can't stay healthy himself. But still, you know, Jadavian Clowney's a disruptor. I'm just saying, if, if they brought J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney in, I know it'd be like Houston Texans of 2018, but um, who cares? That was a really good tandem. So put them with Harold Landry and Big Jeff. <laughs> Let's go. I'll take that. But anyways, um, that's beside the point. Uh, yeah, so, go ahead. Uh, no, you're good. I know you're you're like a little kid in a candy shop. Uh, you're good. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say pass rush too, but but I'm gonna change it up. But I will say before I change it up that they did have the fourth worst pass rush in the entire league. So again, backing up your your thoughts on the the sacks and the pass rush, their pass rush just wasn't good. But I will say here, I'm gonna throw it out a little differently, and I'm gonna actually say a wide receiver. And, and you might be thinking, well, they have AJ Brown and. And they might bring back Corey Davis. We don't know Corey Davis is coming back for sure. I mean, he, he's going into free agency. He had a good year. So I think some teams are going to pursue him. I think if this was Corey Davis two years ago, I doubt many teams are pursuing him. But because of the year he had, I see him being pursued pretty well. But after A.J. Brown and Corey Davis, you really don't have – I mean, you have Janu Smith. Uh, and that's great in a tight end position. But 
maybe Adam Humphreys when he's, when he's healthy. And so for me, I'm not saying you need to bring in a number one receiver, but I think you need to get a good second, third option receiver. That way, if Corey Davis is being double or uh, Corey Davis walks, AJ Brown's being double team. I mean, you need somebody. I mean, besides Janu Smith, you need somebody to get thrown, uh, you know, to be thrown the ball. So that's just that's just my opinion. Again, AJ Brown, great receiver, great receiver. Uh, I like AJ Brown a lot. Um, but again, we just don't know Corey Davis. And then after that, I mean, they're going to need another receiver out there. Um, but going into the Colts, you know, the Colts had a good year. Brought in Phillip Rivers for a year. Uh, goes off into the sunset after losing. Uh, was it first round in the playoffs? I thought it was. Could be. Could be. Could. Uh, I mean, I know somebody said I don't know a lot, but could be something. I don't know. Either way, I I don't think they won their first round in the playoffs. And uh, but he retires and he finishes his pretty well statistical career. Um, but I would say the Colts need either a wide receiver or a tight end, and this is why. T.Y. Hilton, Zach Pascoe, Trey Burton, and Mo Alley-Cox are all free agents going into the offseason. Well, there goes your two starting tight ends. There goes your when healthy, good deep threat. And Zach Pascoe really came came on in the the uh, the end of the year. You know, I had him on a fantasy team. Uh, I think he's in our sleeper league, actually. I have him on my team. And at the end of the season, he was doing really well. So, um, you know, you're losing those four guys. And then who you have, you have like Michael Pittman, and uh, that's all I can name after that, as far as who they have left, if all four of those guys walk. And so, uh, oh, Jack Duell, but again, if he can stay healthy. So, um, and Wentz likes his tight end. So I, I think you're going to have to either sign, again, Trey Burton or Allie Cox, um, because I don't think Jack Duell is going to do enough for him and Wentz to have a connection like Wentz had with Ertz. So I, if I was Colts, I'd go for a wide receiver or a tight end. Um, I like that. Uh, it's kind of – I. I... I actually had a feeling you would say wide receiver tight end, um, but I think that they've already kind of addressed their biggest need this offseason, Brad, and that was quarterback. I mean, Philip Rivers retired. Jacoby Brissett's a free agent. Um, they didn't have a quarterback. I mean, I know they have uh, – oh, I can't think of his name. Uh, 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 former Georgia quarterback, turned Washington quarterback. Um, God, what is his name? I can't think of his name. Jacob, uh, Jacob something, ain't it? Jacob Eason. Oh, is it? Jacob Eason. Jacob Eason. There we go. Yeah, I guess they could have maybe go with him, but I don't know. Anyways, but they solved it by going – well, they hope to solve it by going out and getting Carson Wentz, right? So, we'll see if they did. Maybe they did. Um, but, yeah, we'll see We'll see what happens. We'll see if they maybe solved that by doing that. I think that that obviously was their – and they were going out and do – where they went out and done that. Now, I do think um, that the offensive line – because the left tackle was lost, um, I think that they, I think that they probably need to try to make that solid again. Because we obviously know that Wentz, he has an injury history. Um, so you know, if you can, if you can keep Wentz upright, I think you're you'll be in better shape. But no, I, I think that uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they they saw their biggest need, and that was wide, and that was quarterback. Um, but yeah, I, I like that option of a tight end wide receiver. I think they never they definitely need to look at that. What about a guy like Zach Ertz? A guy like Zach Ertz could become a could become a Colt. Could you see him maybe coming over there? Um, and uh, does Zach Ertz have a lot left? They like Trey Burton too, so maybe they resign him. Yeah, no, I think Trey Burton. I mean, I think both Trey Burton and Mo'Ally Cox did well last year. So I don't I don't know if they can keep one of those guys with Jack Doyle. I'm not really sure they need a sign Ertz or not but again with Ertz you also have lots of injuries so I mean you're getting Carson Wentz 2.0 in a, in a tight end form so 
Uh, I don't know if it's initially smart on their end to sign Ertz, but that's just me. I mean, I agree, but yeah. All right, Brad. Uh, the next team on this list uh, is the Houston Texans, Brad. Um, I, I'm I'm really not trying to be funny here, but uh, look, their biggest need is a restart, Brad. Not a rebuild, but a restart. Um, because, look, sometimes, you know, something isn't working, so you unplug it and you plug it back in, right? Well, that's what the Texans need to do. It's not working. It's not. You've ruined your franchise for – probably at least the next five years, especially if you have to get rid of Sean Watson. Um, or actually, really, in all honesty, you might need to get rid of Sean Watson to to kind of uh, take some of the bur- – or take some of the – how long you're going to be hurting off the uh, – off, you know, you, some of the burden, some of the uh, – some of that hurt uh, that you've already inflicted onto your, onto your franchise, some of that, you know, either way. Um, but, yeah, no, I think that this organization, I mean, they've done a complete 360. They've done it three times in two years, Brad. I mean, honestly, they really have. And um, I think replacing J.J. Watt um, or getting another receiver for whoever the quarterback, I, I will be, I think that's going to fix their problems, Brad. So, I don't – look, I – look, again, not a rebuild for the for the Texans. I restart because, uh, because honestly, if they – especially if they do get rid of Sean Watson – I think their inaugural 2002 team might be better. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And honestly, I was thinking even too, like owner was definitely a part, uh, a word that came to my head when I was thinking, what is that one piece they need? Uh, Maybe it is new ownership. Uh, I mean, you got to think like Cleveland Browns, Jim Haslam comes in. I mean, he came in what, like maybe like six, seven years ago. And look where they're at now. And so, um, you know, we're talking about the Browns as a legitimate AFC contender. It's kind of weird. Um, and so, but honestly, uh, for the Texans, you know, like you were saying, it's not going to help them, but it could fill a hole or two, you know, try to try, try to just plug as many holes as you can on the sinking ship. Um, I would say the secondary, uh, the only, the worst, the only worst secondary to the Houston Texans was the Detroit Lions. I mean, each, I mean, the Lions were terrible. So, um, to say that, I mean, (laughs) The, the Lions actually have some promise in their secondary, though. I mean, they got they Jeff do. Okuda. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, the, the Texans, who, who do they have, you know? Yeah, like, no, who do I, they have? I, couldn't, I couldn't name anybody. You know, I, I think maybe Roby, if he still – I don't even know if he still plays with them. So, um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I my, my thing was a receiver for Deshaun. But, you know, if they don't keep Deshaun, we'll probably a quarterback. But so the only realistic fix right now I would think of is the secondary. Um. Yeah. I, I, Brad, that's why I said a restart because secondary wide receiver running back because David John over the hill. Uh, they need to fix their not quarterback position. Just they need to, they need to fix their quarterback relationship. I guess that's for sure. Uh, they need pass rush. They need Brad. I don't know. They got Zach Cunningham. I guess that's something. Um, but yeah, look, I, 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 Brandon Cooks. I don't know. I mean, I Larry Tunzel. They got Larry Tunzel. Hey, there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I don't know, Brad. I just um, the Houston Texans, man. I what a what a fall from grace. You're up twenty four nothing in the first quarter against the Chiefs last year in the in the uh, AFC divisional round game, and now you're about to hit restart. Uh, if you if you listen to my advice, you're about to hit restart. So, um, all right. But I wouldn't listen to my advice. I mean, I'm not. 
you know, I, I'm not a GM for a reason or whatnot like that. But still, um, yeah, again, hit the restart button, you know, unplug it, plug it back in, blow into it, you know, get the dust out of there. I don't know, hold the power button down three seconds. I don't know what you need to do, but you need to do something to improve your team. And uh, what they're doing is not working. Um, all right, so last team, Brad, here is the Jacksonville Jaguars, the team with the number one overall pick. Um, honestly, Brad, here's my thing. Um, I I think that they do need a lot, um, but I think that this offseason, I think their biggest need this offseason is patience and, uh, and just trusting the process. Um, and because here's the thing, you, you got the guy like Urban Meyer. Okay. He's obviously very uh, legendary college football coach. Um, you have the number one pick in Trevor Lawrence should be your franchise guy for forever. I, I, right. I mean, if things work out the way it should work out, um, you have a team who, who's young, but there is some, there is some, there is some hope on that team. I mean, you know, like, you, you got the running back, James Robinson. Um, you got a couple of wide receivers in Chark and, and Chenault. Uh, I mean, you you know, you got a couple of defensive guys in Allen and, and Chase on and um, whoever else. I can't think of anybody anyways. Um, but you have some pieces there. And I think, in all honesty, for the Jaguars, if you're a Jaguars fan, I think you got to be patient for one. And you just got to trust in the process because, yes, you know, three, four years ago, whenever it was, you were – three years ago, yeah. Uh, you were in the AFC Championship game against the against the uh, Patriots, right? And now look at you. But the thing is, is when you were in that AFC Championship game, you had a team that was built – I guess it was built, you know, kind of eh, – but it wasn't built for the long haul. Now – you can build a team for the long haul. So again, patience and trusting the process. Um, but anyways, I think that they have the, I think that they have the makings of, of being able to have a really good team, Brad, um, for for a long time. Um, and honestly, I, I, I think that they could, um, I think that they could, I, I think that they could compete in 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 like three years from now. Honestly, I, I do. So um, maybe maybe less than that because we we've seen teams with rookie quarterbacks. I mean. They have a lot of cap space. Maybe they can go out and get some people. I don't know. Um, but either way. Uh, but anyways, Brad, what's your thoughts on those Jacksonville Jaguars? Yeah, so I, I like your your thought process on on patience and trust in the process. Uh, so I, I didn't think about uh, obviously in more position, but I, I love your take. Um, I would say uh, really – I have a toss-up. So I, I think it's either between the secondary, uh, which they were ranked 31st last year in yards per game. So they weren't – I mean, they were they weren't the Texans, but they weren't very good either. Uh, they're just ranked thirty first in yards per game. Uh, they lose two guys to free agency. Uh, they got some young guys in there, like Trey Henderson last year from Florida that they drafted. Uh, I, he did he showed some promise. Uh, I think there's some promise there with him. Uh, but honestly, I, I think the offensive line. I mean, uh, you're bringing in a young quarterback. You know, potentially your franchise quarterback for the next fifteen years or so, twenty years. Um, 40 if you're Tom Brady, uh, but but you, you're bringing in a potential franchise quarterback and your offensive line was ranked 22nd last year. And so when you look at that, you're like, well, James Robinson did well with that offensive line. He did. But I mean, also James Robinson was your offense. I mean, I think if I remember correctly, he took something like, he made up like 68% of the offensive plays or something like that for the Jags last year. And so, I mean, I think bringing in, so either your secondary or 
kind of trying to stockpile your offensive line. That way um, you're bringing in some guys that are good, either in free agency or through the draft um, to protect Trevor Lawrence uh, in his first couple of years. I mean, obviously you want to, you want to, you want to protect him all the time, but I think it's really, it'd be real crucial to bring in some r- solid offensive linemen uh, going into his first three to four years. Um, I agree. I agree. And I like that. I like that a lot. All right, Brad, nonetheless, let's, uh, that was fun. That was a lot of fun. We'll, we'll be going over the probably AFC West because the, you know, the chiefs were in the Super Bowl, um, and the NFC West next week. Uh, and then, you know, so on and so forth. We'll, we'll figure it out. Probably AFC North next. Uh, don't want to, don't want to get the Steelers on there last. Right. I guess we could, but, uh, now seriously though, the NFC East, I mean, it's so bad that they deserve to go last. Um, so either way, uh, yeah, but all right, Brad, let's go with the golden point of faith. Yeah. So I was really thinking about what can we talk about today? And I think this is really good. We're talking about drafts and like, what do, what do team need, what do teams need in a draft? Uh, you know, and a lot of times you just, you got to trust, you got to trust those who are, in, who are in control. Right. And so I have to trust if I'm a Steelers fan, I got to trust Rooney, Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, the scouts, uh, whether, you know, Ben Roethlisberger should be coming back or not. I need to trust all that and hope that it just works out. Hope that it's okay. Um, but I'm trusting in them. And I, and I think we can kind of relate that back into, you know, God being in control. And so, you know, it's, it's easy to look at your family or friend who's hurting at the time, or even if you're, you know, talking to somebody who's homeless or, or just going through a tough situation, you're saying, oh, it's okay. God's in control. Yeah. That's easy for us to say. But what is it? What is it just as easy when we turn the tables? And so, uh, for example, when uh, my dad passed away this summer, um, you know, we didn't have a great relationship growing up. Uh, we actually had a relationship by the time he passed away. Um, and it was tough. And for someone to say, well, God's in control. Well, yeah, I mean, I want to believe that I want to trust that, but it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's hard. And so I know personally that I've grown so much spiritually and in my Christian walk when I go through life circumstances, going through events, um, and realize that even if I don't like it, even if I don't like how am I going to pay for the next bill or, hey, my car, uh, you know, when I iced two weeks ago, my car slid into the curb on a turn and uh, messed up the whole front of it, you know, like, well, how am I going to pay for that? Um, you know, how, and I'm not saying like God's a genie where you're like, okay, God, I don't know what's going to go on. Let me rub the, the lamp and hope that it all works out. I'm saying that when things get tough, we got to remember that God is in control. Uh, the, the, the fancy nerdy word for this is sovereign. He's sovereign. Uh, he knows everything that's going to happen. Uh, even if we don't like it, uh, he uses those experiences to grow us and to refine us. And I, I can even say that's truly happened to me. I mean, um, and I'll get to that in just a second, but one of my favorite verses ever, and I, I think I used this when we, uh, probably one of the first golden points of faith. Uh, I love this verse. Uh, I, li- I try my best to live by it. If you know me for some time, uh, you already know what my favorite verse is, but it's he must increase, but I must decrease, John 3.30. And that's really when, when uh, you know, uh, you know John, the Baptist, John the Baptist is baptizing people and, uh, you know, Jesus comes in and John realizes, look, when they're like, hey, like, what's going on? Like, shouldn't you be, you know, over Jesus, all this stuff? And he's like, hey, hold on. Like, I, I have to, de- I have, he has to increase and I have to decrease. So this is not about me. And I, and I think sometimes we just have to realize that, like, with problem, when problems surface, when things come up, like, it's not about us. Like, I, I know it, it we are, we're involved in the equation, but at the end of the day, like, it's not about us. And so 
I, I guess what I want to encourage you with is, is one, like, it's definitely not an easy life verse to live by. Uh, John 3.30, it's a really short verse, but it, I think it's a very powerful verse. But, but through adopting this simple verse, uh, it's truly allowed me, uh, and, I, and I'm a big worry warrior. Uh, I, I don't actually, I don't know if I've ever said this on, the, on, on our podcast, and I, I haven't told a lot of people this, but I deal with OCD. And, and it's not just like the everything has to be neat and clean. Like I deal with like obsessive thoughts, uh, not stalkerish. I'm, I'm just saying, I, anyway, go look up OCD if you have time. Uh, but it's not something I just throw out there, but I, I worry a ton and, and, and I deal with a lot of things and I have to remember, like when I can sit there and say, okay, like I have to remember, not, not, not that I want to remember, but I have to remember that God's in control. And even if I don't like what I'm going through at the current moment, that, that I need to stop worrying so much and trust him. And I think even if you ask my wife, I think you can say that's, that's really been improved in my life the last two years or so is uh, I used to sit there and stress about money and stress about this, stress about that. Um, and lately when things come up, I'm like, I'll look at my wife and say, all right, like, you know, we'll do what we can do, but ultimately God's in charge and he's going to take care of us, even if we don't like it. Um, but, but I'll, I'll leave you with one example of how John 330 was definitely something that, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to apply it to something like realistically. I know I kind of did a little bit with OCD and whatnot, but I think one of the glaring examples of me on how God has led uh, me to and my family to Owensboro. So if you're not familiar with the podcast, um, you know, I was in Oklahoma City when me and Robert first, when Robert first brought me on and we, we partnered up with this uh, podcast and I was in Oklahoma City. Uh, I'm now in Owensboro, Kentucky at a church doing rec and sports ministry. And, and uh, you know, so I'm, I'm going to kind of give us a, a really small snippet of that story. So in January 2020, uh, I had a friend of mine who's a youth pastor here. Uh, I served with him back in 2010. So it's been 10 years. I mean, I, I taught them here and there, but I mean, we weren't really close. Uh, he reached out to me and said, Hey, you know, we like you to come on or we like you to send your resume. And I said, well, I really like where I'm at. I like Oklahoma city. Uh, but so, so I'll send my resume, but no, like straight up. No, I'm not looking like I'm not looking. I'm not planning on going anywhere. Um, but uh, through the next several months. So I, so I get a call from the, the search committee head, head. Hey, we haven't even formed the committee yet. Uh, it's going to be several months. I'm like, Hey man, like, I'm being completely honest with you, like I'm not in, I'm not necessarily interested. I'm gonna give you my resume, but but I mean, unless God does something big, like I plan on staying here. And uh, but you know, they call me again in June. Uh, they want me to go through the interview process, and I, so reluctantly again, I'm like, yeah, sure, that's fine. Um, and then through the interview process, and through praying, and through life circumstances, um, you know, for example, my dad passed away in the middle of the interview process, July 17th, in the middle of the the interview process, uh, you know, and I think they're kind of my eyes that, you know, life's short. My dad was 53. Um, and so I, I, you know, moving to Owensboro would be closer to family. Um, you know, and then I, I continue to pray and continue to pray. And God just made it abundantly clear, like super clear that he wanted me in Owensboro uh, and not just through my dad's uh, situation, but, but just through several different things, through prayer, through reading through the word, having that peace that really is hard to explain. Um, and so we moved to Owensboro and, and man, it's been awesome. Uh, you know, it, it's been good. Um, and it, it's been really cool to look, uh, look back in the last six, six months or so in our lives last year and see how God really worked in our lives. And so what I want to say is hindsight's 2020. And, uh, even if life gets tough or you don't understand why something's happening or you're not sure what to do, I would encourage you to go back to John three 30. You know, I, I think, it's a lot easier in life when we realize that we're ultimately not the ones in control. Like we, we have some say so, but at the end of the day, it's God who's in control. So I hope that encourages you today. Um, 
you know, it's something that I think I've been pretty transparent with you today with some of the stuff I've said. Uh, and obviously I think that's needed. Uh, I'm not perfect. Um, you know, there are times where I do try to do things myself. There are times where I do want to be the one in control. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I tend to go back to John 3.30, even if I do mess up and realize that God, God's in control and I just got to let him be in control no matter what I want to do personally. And so I hope that encourages you today and, and thanks for listening. Amen, Brad. Amen. Welcome to Golden Point Sports Podcast. You can find us on Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, and more. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let us know what you thought in your comments. And go rate us and give us reviews on any other podcast site you listen to. Again, thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed this week's episode.